Hey, it's Jeremy Robinson. Time for food and beverage now. And before I get started and introduce you, I feel like someone who went to Texas A&M. I should start the interview off with whoop. Whoop. (laughs) Is that a good way to start the interview? That's a good way to start the interview. I'm okay with that. Uh, CEO and founder at Smart Business Concepts on the phone, Clint Bowers. Uh, Hello, man. Thanks for taking the time and coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's start. I would like to start. There's so many questions and so much really to get into about how food and beverage can make a profit and what's out there and what's the challenges. Let's dive in to you. What is your background in? Where did you come from and how did you uh, start Smart Business Concepts? Yeah, sure. So my background is actually in uh, corporate America, um, in the actually beverage industry. Uh, so spent uh, straight out of college the first 12 years of my career in a uh, multi-billion dollar uh, refrigerated beverage company and uh, huge distribution network. Um, and then after deciding to leave corporate America, started Smart Business Concepts, uh, which is accounting technology consulting firm um, where we work with um, food and beverage um, companies, uh, small to medium, and push in and help them put some technology into their company um, and work with them on just overall business strategy. Right. And helping them really make a profit uh, because there's a lot of things that really can can weigh you down in that aspect. Oh, absolutely. So um, obviously making a profit is, um, is key. Right. So providing them, and then that's why, um, you know, moving to moving these companies to a cloud-based platform, uh, which provides more real-time insights into their business, um, which obviously can help drive profitability when you're making decisions um, in real time rather than, um, in, you know, in the rearview mirror. Absolutely. Just out of curiosity, when you were in corporate America and doing this, how long into it did you start having the mindset, this is the way I want to go. I want to start getting away from this and do my own thing. And when you were there, what aspects of what you did set you up for this? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I would say that um, there was probably a little bit of me the whole time that wanted to do my own thing. Um, you know, when when you start um, when you start to see where your time is being spent, and and you and you have a desire to go help small and medium sized businesses um, grow their business, um, you know that passion started to build the last couple of years um, that I was there, and um, and you know it was just with timing, it just worked out to to just make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and focusing on technology, um, you know, corporate, corporate, um, big corporate businesses, they move a lot slower than, than your agile small businesses. And so being able to, um, to, to stay up to date with technology and cloud-based solutions that can really drive um, uh, decision-making was, was really appealing to me. Well, I got to tell you, these small businesses who are just getting started, I'm sure they're very thankful there's businesses like yours, Smart Business Concepts, to help these industries strive. Because how difficult is it this day and age to start a small business in the food and beverage umbrella? I mean, I can't imagine all that's the challenges facing them when they start this. Yeah, you know, so the average cost just to start up a business is, on average, $30,000. Um, and so where do you get that money from? Um, 
So that's the first barrier is just getting in there. Second, the food and beverage industry has become extremely competitive. Mm, Um, And and these big food and beverage industries are looking at these smaller, uh, more agile, nimble, creative, innovative companies um, to start scooping up. So that's kind of what a lot of small businesses want to do is create something unique and sell. Um, at a nice profit for a big company, you know, five years down the road. But um, uh, you've got to have a really great product, obviously. Um, and then it's always in the execution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, executing um, your your uh, your plan and, and having the funding and the money to do that the right way along the way. Right. What is costing the most to run these businesses? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, people? Yeah. Um, is, is, is huge. Um, that's, that's kind of the first, once you're beyond, I'm doing this on my own. Um, you've got to start hiring people and finding talent in, in the market is, um, extremely challenging. So you have that plus you have, especially, um, in the food and beverage industry, the regulations, um, that you've got to, um, document and abide by and certifications that you're paying for all along the way, recipes and, and packaging innovation and um, all those things that that you that you have to pay along the way to stay in compliance um, while building a brand and building a good product. What are some of the factors driving changes in food cost for restaurants or ingredients for manufacturers? Yeah, that's a good question, and and I would say from my perspective is consumer trends. So the increased, you know desire to have organic or all natural or antibiotic free or non-GMO and, and um, you know, the kind of the craft food beverage industry. So mm-hmm. what that does is that puts pressure and an additional cost on the farmer. It's more expensive um, to have all of those additional certifications um, and produce those kinds of foods. You know, the, the yields on those can be smaller um, so it's just more expensive. I mean, you can look at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're taking high fructose corn syrup out of stuff and removing preservatives and and those kind of things. So um, that all drives the food costs up. But it's it's being driven by what the consumer wants. And you know, you can <laughs> you can have things as you know, like chicken costs. What what's driving up the the price of chicken right now? Or chicken wings at the local you know um, your local chicken wing place. Um, well, that's interesting because this is a little, a little nugget is actually the hatch rates of these eggs have gone down um, significantly um, to where only 81% of the, the eggs that are, ha- uh, that, are, uh, that are out there are being hatched. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's driving up chicken wing prices. <laughs> so you can have so many different um, things that, that might or might not be happening to, to increase or decrease the prices. What in the world is causing that so many not to hatch. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's a whole different discussion. Dang. Um, but uh, yeah, even chicken size, uh, the size of the chicken, um, wow. different inputs. Yeah. Mm. So it, it gets a little more complicated. Interesting. Um, solving for that. Yeah. How would you say in the, let's say the past 10 years, how the agricultural world, the industry has changed with all the farm to table in the past 10 years, let's say. Well, it's going to be a little related to kind of what we were just talking about, um, the organic business. Mm-hmm. So back in 2007, that was a, a $20 billion industry. Um, 
now, it's a $50 billion industry. Um, so what, what is that? It's not just delivering organic or all natural type things and having those certifications, but now they're, they're having to create a higher level of transparency mm-hmm. into their mm-hmm. techniques and methods. So you may have a whole food, they're going to come to your farm um, and they're going to look at how you treat the animals and how, how you run your business. Um, and then they're going to go rate that um, and let their consumers know what, what food they're, they're providing and delivering. And that might be on the menu of a restaurant um, or on the bottle of a, of a juice um, as, as far as uh, fruits and vegetables go. So um, it's, it's, it is a lot more transparency, a lot of uh, additional things. That the, it kind of goes back to the consumer trends again. Right. Clint, I'm going to talk about a subject that you may really hate me for, and uh, I'm probably that guy <laughs> you think about in your businesses uh, there at Smart Business Concepts. I go into a buffet, and I go to town. And my eyes are bigger than my stomach. Not really. My stomach's a lot bigger, but you know what I'm saying. And I'm just, I'm eating all this and I get to the table. I can't finish this. And all of this waste, I'll see this in restaurants, all of the waste. Can you please talk to me about what that does to the small businesses and how that plays a role in everything? Yeah. So waste is huge. Um, That it's a really huge problem um, that, manufacturers or restaurants uh, have to deal with. Um, and, and it starts right at the very, right at the very beginning of the process. Um, and, and it takes a, a really, and, and this is, it does parlay into what we, what we talk to small businesses about is you don't know what you don't know. So you, you have to have a process in place and systems in place to track this waste. So, you know, where it's going all along the process. Is it when we receive the food? Is it when we manufacture the, the, the juice or the beverage? Um, is it in our packaging? Where is it? Or is it, you know, we've stocked the shelves too much and we're bringing too much back um, of expired, uh, expired product? Or like you just said, the consumer, the, the person eating it isn't eating it. So why are we putting that much on the plate? Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to pay the same price if we give them a little bit less. That's the um, thing. And th- this world now is you're over. Everybody's being overserved. Right. Right. And actually, if you if you go to a restaurant where you don't where you aren't overserved, it's actually refreshing right. <laughs> because you don't you don't leave feeling, um, you know, so so much bigger than you came coming in. Sure. Um, so it's striking that balance. Um, but you know, you can take even a one to two percent decrease in waste um, and turn a slightly unprofitable business into a a, a profitable, viable uh, business. So, so it, it actually is. Um, it's huge, and technology plays a, a big hand in that. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, favorite food trend out right now, or that's that's already been out? Do you have one? A favorite food trend. Um, Cronuts well, is one of mine. Big, big Cronuts fa- fan. <laughs> okay, you're a Cronut fan. Well, okay, so here's something that sounds like Cronut. Um, this is just going to be huge in 2018. No, I really don't know. But the, how about the glow-in-the-dark donut? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the glow-in-the-dark donut. So it's glow-in-the-dark icing uh, that they're putting on donuts, and uh, and it's becoming a becoming a trend. So you'll see it on Instagram. I'm going to have a glow-in-the-dark stuff all around my ma- mouth. 
<laughs> eating uh, it. That's funny. Buddy, what do you see in the next, let's say, five years in your industry? Where is there a, a certain direction that we're going? And if so, what is that? Can you tell me what you see in the next five years? Uh, I think it's even a, even more transparency into what uh, people are putting into their mouth, to be honest with you. Right. Um, the, the millennial generation um, and generations after that are demanding that. Um, they, um, they, they desire and, frankly, demand um, to understand what they're drinking, what they're eating, what they're giving their kids. Um, and they continue to not be loyal to one brand. Um, they're, they're loyal to what they want, what's innovative, uh, what's convenient. They, they're less price sensitive, so they may pay a little more, but they're not just going to buy a product because their parents did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're going to get it on their phone. And, and that's what we're doing is we're, we're buying stuff on our phone. Um, and that's going to shape what, you know, what, the the agriculture, the farmer, the restaurant, the grocery store, what they're, what they're providing and how they deliver that. And, and you can start to see that with, with, the, with kind of a consolidation and some of these acquisitions. Take Amazon purchase of Whole Foods. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's going to be huge. Um, and everyone knows it's going to be, and I'm not sure they know what to do about it. I think players like Walmart are, are trying to react, but you know, they're starting to go ahead and open up your front door and deliver the groceries straight into your house, put them in your refrigerator for you. Um, and you can watch them on your phone as they come in, put it in and walk out and your door's locked and they can't get back in. Um, so by the way, put me down as skeptical and not on board with that. As of right now, just go ahead and mark me down for that. Mark you down as not yet. Yeah. Not not right now. No, I'm going to, I'll do that myself. Thanks. Yeah, Uh, that's very interesting, though. Yeah, no, it is. And 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 what's happening with Amazon is it's all about who has the data. Mm -hmm. So now whoever has the best data, the most data, um, they're they're starting to use machine learning to um, understand what you want before you even want it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and less about the individual person, but they're aggregating all of the behaviors. Yeah. Um, and can start making decisions on that. So it's going to be an interesting, it won't even take five years. Uh, that, that will be in the next year or two. So We were talking just a couple of minutes ago about people being now a little more cognizant of what's going in our bodies and demanding better quality from, from places. At what point did we get laxed on that front? Yeah, that's been, that's been um, decades ago. Um, and, and it was really, you know, it's really, I I guess I would say not necessarily anybody's fault, um, but it was a lack of knowledge of what some of this stuff does to your body, Mm -hmm. um, over a long period of time. And as science has evolved and people start to understand and become more informed of what the foods and, and the beverages that they're putting in their body does, um, over time. Um, then that's where you start having different behaviors and, and demands from from generations. So um, you can look at that across cigarettes or, or any, you know, as you as you learn more about what what they're doing, um, you you change your mind and you say sure. no thanks. Very interesting, Clint. Uh, what an uh, awesome conversation to have with you. And thank you for taking the time to to chat with you. Sure. I would like to ask one other question. Can you tell us a little bit more about your business? And if someone wants to, if someone wants to get a hold of you, get more into your business and how people can get a hold of you. 
Yeah, sure. No, thanks. Um, so our website, smartconcepts.co, um, you can go there. You can actually um, see all of the things that we do. We have um, uh, blogs and content up around the food and beverage industry, uh, also around startups. Um, and so we work with startups all the way to small and medium-sized businesses um, and, and help move their, their back end to cloud-based um, platform. And then we, we can actually manage all of their accounting, um, tax, tax strategy, um, and then work with them because of the, the, the uh, talent that we have um, and coming from bigger um, corporations and companies. Uh, we can grow with them as they might need a controller, as they might need a virtual CFO, um, as they might want to do um, funding and things like that, um, and really focus around business processes um, and technology nice. to um, to help their business grow. Yeah, Clint. And finally, if I am looking at opening uh, a small business in the food and beverage umbrella under that, what would I look at right now? What would be the best thing to look at? Um, as you're, if you wanted to to open that um, and open something up. Um, well, you, you, the first thing you're going to want to do is um, test it at a small scale um, and make sure you have a somewhat viable uh, product um, and understand who the competitors are mm-hmm. um, and understand just what it's going to take to, to take um, a small test sample of a product, a food, a beverage into something that is scalable. Um, and, and, you know, companies that are starting up now are moving fast. Um, you need to understand your break-even analysis. You know, where are you going to stop hemorrhaging money and start at least breaking even? Um, and we can help with that. Those are things that, that you know, you, you sit down and you have to be honest with yourself and truthful and what is it really going to take. And, um, and if it makes sense, then you go for it. I always keep saying this is the last question, but I promise this is the last one. <laughs> Franchises, do they work or should you go more the, the, your own route? The right model of franchises work. Um, I have heard a lot of um, people that have had successful company-owned stores that then went to the franchise model um, that they regret that um, because you you lose control and you you know what do you really have at that point? Sure. Um, but structured right, franchises can work. Right. Um, yeah. So that's. We could have a whole topic on franchise. I know. It's like you're going to have to come back <laughs> is what you're going to have to do because there's just so much to touch on in this one episode. Do you mind coming back here soon? No, not at all. I would we absolutely can, uh, love that. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Very cool guy. Clint Bowers, Smart Business Concepts. Uh, what an honor to talk to you, Clint. And best of luck to you and, and look, look forward to having you back here soon. Excellent. Thank you. Talk to you soon. I'm Jeremy Robinson. Thanks for joining us. This has been another episode of Food and Beverage Now. See you next time.